You're listening to the Be Healthy Naturally podcast, episode number 50. Hey, we are Dr. Shane and Liz Watt. We are doing this podcast because we are trying to bring knowledge and education to create a new way of thinking about our health. Knowledge is the key to a happy, healthy life, and our goal is to help you live your best life. So join us and let's learn together. Andrea Sprague out to the podcast today and we are so blessed to know Andrea. She's been one of our friends as we've been pioneering the Be Healthy Utah conference for a little bit and she has been able to when at the conference and stuff she's been able to come and do some demonstrations. People have really liked that. They really love her because she is the holistic chef. So Andrea, can you tell us a little bit about you and how you came about about being a holistic chef? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me here. Um, My story of becoming a chef really comes from my own health challenges. Uh, You know, 15, 18 or so years ago, I was sick. Um, I felt like I had arthritis, I had daily headaches, like I just had all kinds of these little things going wrong. And every time I went to the doctor, they just said, nothing's wrong with you, your blood work looks fine, just, you know, get some exercise and eat better. And it was just, it was so impossible. Um, And I I know I just didn't feel well, and there had to be a reason. And I finally found a new... It's probably about 50% of the people that come to our conferences, that's kind of... That's kind of their story. That's why they're looking. Sorry to cut yeah. you off. But yeah, yeah, I know. I know. My That's why like my story is, it's not my own story, right? It's so many people's story. But what I was able to do was um, I found a nutritionist who finally helped me look at food as a source of the problems. And no one had ever talked to me like that, you know, and this is going back almost 20 years. So this was kind of a thing I had never heard of. And as soon as I went off certain foods, like for me, it's gluten and dairy. And the minute I took all that out, everything changed. I started losing weight, the headaches went away, you know, the joint pain went, joint, (laughs) joint pain went away. And it was just like magic. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, food can do this. And so I kind of started down this path of going um, and getting nutrition certifications. And in one of the classes, the founder of the culinary school I went to was giving a talk. And I was like, no matter what I do, I need to go learn from her. Like, she is my guru. And I ended up... Were you already a chef? Had you already been a true chef? uh -uh. No, I had a desk job. I had a desk job working for a publishing company. And so... uh, You shut all that down and said, this is where I'm going. It took me three years to decide it was okay to leave a 401k, you know, and a regular salary with benefits and just went, I've got to go do this. And I was already living on the East Coast at the time. And so going to school in New York wasn't that far of a reach because I was in Pennsylvania. And... Uh, I went and became a full-time student at a culinary school in New York City, and it just opened up this whole world for me because I got to learn from this school healing foods. You know, it wasn't all just butter and sugar. Was it more of a natural school? Yes, it was. It wasn't the CIA. It wasn't all butter and sugar and flour. It was called the Natural Gourmet Culinary Institute, and it was a year-long program. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, there aren't very many left. 
um, schools like that, unfortunately. But I got to learn about um, vegetables and grains and um, converting things like how to take sugar out of a recipe or how to take dairy out of a recipe. And I got to play with all that right from the beginning of my education. And so since then, I've been a personal chef and uh, I've cooked for a myriad of people in, in different scenarios, whether it's in a restaurant or a cafe or in their homes. But my um, specialty has always been food allergies and sensitivities and how to make food still taste good, even if it has no gluten or corn or soy, whatever the particular person needs. And so, you know, my specialty, of course, is no gluten and dairy because that's how I need to eat. But then I have a knack for taking out other things, too. So depending on what each person needs. And I just and sometimes it's trial and error, right? Sometimes you just try something like, oh, that didn't work. And yeah, we try something else. I'll, I'll be I'm going to put my wife a little bit because she's <laughs> awesome at that. She she is so good at being able to make stuff healthy that um, that you can't even tell a difference. You know, it doesn't have those things in it all the time you know and now we don't eat 100 percent gluten-free we don't eat dairy-free all that stuff we definitely eat very healthy though and that's a knack and, and if you you got trained to do that and that's awesome but there's a lot of people that don't have the time and effort to do that so that's kind of where you kind of built a business around right yes and uh i love being able to go in and completely transform how a family eats. So, you know, I can carry, you know, four or five families a week where I'm making their meals, making dinners, making snacks, you know, whatever it is for the week. And usually all my families have some sort of a sensitivity or foods that they want to just not have in the house or, um, you know, busy, busy parents that don't have the time, but they want the whole family to eat better. Like their kids aren't used to vegetables. You know, they didn't start from the very beginning with all the good, you know, food habits, which most families don't, and they don't have time for it. And then all of a sudden you throw in like one person doesn't feel good. And it's like, we got to get to the root cause of like what's happening for them. And we trial and error. But like helping people eat better, helping the whole family eat together, right? Whether it's vegetarian or not, whether it's gluten or dairy or not, or, you know, or it's just getting more vegetables. It's really hard if you're, if you're trying to cook for four different people and they all want to eat four different ways, especially if you're the mom trying to do that, that's really difficult and it just doesn't, and eventually it just doesn't work. Yeah. And then like if mom or dad are supposed to like stay away from a certain food, they end up not because it's just so much hassle. So yeah, having someone like me come in um, takes all of that pressure off of them. But what I've been doing more of over these last, you know, four or five years is people that are a little bit sicker, a little bit more of a healing crisis, going through radiation or cancer treatments, people who um, have a new diagnosis of something a little more serious than a food allergy. And I take them through a very healing diet, you know, an anti-inflammatory diet. And we figure out like what foods work for them and make them still feel good. And then either um, they can take less medication or stay, you know, avoid medication or just heal faster, you know, and combine it all together. So Andrea, I always say that Anybody can, can be a great cook with white flour and sugar. Like anybody is a great cook, right? Because it seems like that's what's in almost every 
recipe out there that's good. <laughs> you know, that tastes good, I guess you would say. Not healthy, but tastes good. And so what are some of these things, like I've had to figure out with trial and error. You know, I always say that if you're going to make a meal, it's why not just swap out those few things? Because a lot of people think that you have to redo your whole recipe, but it's really just those few things that you have to swap out. And if you're going to be making a meal in anyways, you're going to be taking that time and effort to make that meal. Why don't you just swap out those few things? You want to talk about some of those things that you have discovered while you've been cooking. What are some of these swap outs? Like that... top five or top 10 things that somebody can do yeah. at home. You know, after yeah. listening to this. Yeah. And, and this is like, it's, it's some of these like wonderful secret, you know, swaps that like change everything for you. Um, you know, the simplest one is instead of regular wheat flour, I keep a little jar in my pantry that's half brown rice flour and half, you know, tapioca starch or, or um, potato starch. That right there replaces a lot of flour when say like you're dusting some chicken, you know, like a chicken marsala or um, a piccata or so, you know, like if you just need a little tiny bit of flour in something, that right there acts like wheat flour because wheat flour and butter, you know, like these things are kind of perfect. They're, they're why it's what everything is based on. We, there is no gluten-free flour that acts just like regular flour. So it's always a blend. So I, you know, just that little bit of just like that flour can like be the little bit of thickener you needed in something, or again, like dusting, dusting meat or thickening your stew. People don't understand it. The tapioca actually adds, it adds like the binding agent and that's kind of what the gluten yes. is in when when it's used in regular flour and so people try to use like an almond flour and it's like it just doesn't work it, you know and it's because they don't have that tapioca or something like that that it creates that binding and so that's why you have to know those yeah. little things so tapioca does that that's why you have it mixed together right yeah because that's the starch that creates a little bit of the the stickiness the gumminess that you would have gotten in the gluten in the wheat flour yeah rice flour alone i mean you just said almond flour almond flour and coconut flour don't act like any other flour they need special attention especially more liquid way more liquid than any other flour does um another thing that i do a lot is when I want something slightly creamy, you know, there's a lot of dairy-free cheeses and things out there. They're not all very good. You know, I'm sorry to say um, I'm testing out a cream cheese frosting right now. There's a lot of dairy-free cream cheeses out in the store now, but they're not all very good, and they're pretty hard on your they're digestion. They're so, you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of like we were just at the gluten-free festival. You were there. We had a booth yeah. there, um, you know trying to get people information about our conference. But, you know, there was so many sweets there. I mean, because the, the thing that they've had to do is they've had to create, in order to get things to taste good, they've just dumped sugar, right, into a lot of the gluten-free stuff, which doesn't make it healthier for that person. They're... Well, the sugar and, like, the gumminess, like, again, like, butter and milk are such a perfect food because it has fat and water and protein, like it has everything in there. And so when we're going, um, trying to replace dairy, we have to play around with things. And again, I find the best answer is more than one thing. So if I want something creamy, I love the creamy, um, part of the coconut milk that comes in a can. 
So a thing I always have is a can of coconut milk in my fridge because then I know that fat will have come to the top. And then if I just need a little something creamy, again, like this frosting that I'm trying to figure out without the gummy fake uh, cream cheese, you know. Because it is, sometimes it's a work, right? Yeah, because the thing is, is if it doesn't taste good, we're not going to do it. If it, we want the frosting of our childhood. We want the mac and cheese of our childhood. So if we're trying to make it healthier and trying to make it work for our, our bodies and it doesn't taste good, like what's the point? Um, you're just going to go and, you know, eat the dairy for dairy version. Uh, so that thick coconut is a, is a thing I use a lot. Like I, um, the frosting, or if I'm making a gravy, uh, if I just want a little something creamy, it's it doesn't harden. It doesn't have the same kind of properties as butter. So I might need like a tiny bit of coconut oil also, because then when it cools, it'll harden a little bit like a frosting should. So, you know, those, those are the things too. So a lot of it is blending more than one thing, just like with gluten-free flours, like having more than one flour kind of gives you a good result. Same thing with dairy. Um, you know, I might want a little something else. And, and sometimes it's a little bit of a fruit puree. It's a little bit of a banana. It's a little bit of, you know, almond butter. It's a little bit of something else. So it's like playing around with different things. Um, so those are a lot of the swaps that I do. And just knowing a few of those things. I mean, there's so much great resources out on the internet, but it's who actually wrote a good recipe and who just kind of shoved it out there to have it, you know, on their blog and like to get traffic. Um, looking to the paleo uh, world for really good recipes. Um, you can find a lot of that in the AIP community, autoimmune paleo or just paleo recipes. Like there's so many great resources out there that are gluten-free, dairy-free, or, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to keep out of your diet. I mean, I know you guys, again, like you, you do a lot of healthy cooking at home and like you've figured out like what works for your family. Um, and it, it can look different, you know, for each family. I'm, you know, again, like I'm not a proponent to say everyone has to be gluten-free. I know it doesn't work for my digestion, you know, and, and, um, neither does dairy, but like other things might work really well too. So it kind of depends on what you need. I would say one of the biggest things is that people have to not be discouraged about trial and error. Yeah. There is for us to even come up with a, a recipe that we were coming up with, you know, we eat a lot of tortillas and tortillas are gluten or corn. And I'm actually more sensitive to corn than I even am to gluten. And so how do we come up with these recipes uh, to be able to create, you know, a tortilla? And we started off by doing it, you know, with you, rice. You, you don't and... have to say we, because it was not me. It was you. <laughs> but <laughs> I tried so many different things. Right. And all of a sudden, just one day, I had gotten some bean flour, some chickpea, you know, garbanzo bean flour. And I just thought I'm going to try it. And anyways, it ended up to be... One of our favorite tortillas that our family has. But but it wasn't just that. Then she added um, turmeric. And the turmeric, the turmeric okay. and that acts as a binding agent. And so now, mm -hmm. so it's just liquid. We pour it in the pan, cook it, flip it over, cook it. And, and, it's, and the kids love it. We'll eat, I mean, all of us will eat it and it's good. And we have, you know, there's like nutritional yeast in there. Yep. And there's just this... And so that's the thing is that... And it's easy. There's like four, there's like <laughs> seriously four components to it. 
But it took you a while to figure that out. So it took you some trial and error in so the we kitchen. We tried doing the the um, uh, the cauliflower stuff. We tried doing just different fl- different flowers, buckwheat. You know, we tried I mean, all that kind of stuff, and we just just could never really make it to where it tasted good, where people wanted to eat it, and how it and it and not just tasted good, but that it actually cooked well. Because that's another thing too. It can if it doesn't cook well, you can't. It's not going to eat well. And also, I would think, and you probably know this too, spices can be a huge, huge component in a natural kitchen. And there's so many times that we have lost the art of spices. And do you want to kind of talk a little bit about what are some of your favorite spices that you like to add to dishes to be able to, Just to make, bring out flavor? Yeah, to bring it. Bring flavor make it taste better because i think that that is the trick if people could figure out their spices can really change their kitchen Mm -hmm. yeah um fresh herbs are a wonderful thing to have and they add so much flavor but like not everybody can just keep you know tons of herbs in their fridge or they're not sure which ones to use when but spices um there's a few blends that i'm really loving right now like even um and it it creates variety, right? Like how many times have I cooked a zucchini? All right. You know, hundreds of time, like, okay, it's zucchini for dinner tonight. But if I take a Indian blend tonight and sprinkle that on, um, then now like it tastes a little different. Or one of my favorite is an herb blend by Penzi's. Um, there's no salt in it, but it's just a, a blend of a bunch of dried herbs. And so like that, like kind of transforms the zucchini. So yeah, you can, You know, if you have a particular brand near you, you know, there's certain brands that I really like, um, but, you know, not everybody has access to the same ones in the store, that if you get some of the pre-made blends, you know, if you go like, um, like I was just saying, like you go an Indian blend one night or um, like the herb blend I'm really, really loving, or even, um, gosh. getting these at? Where, where, are you, where are you getting these at? I, I'm ordering mine from Penzi's online. They don't have a store here in Utah. They're all across the United States, though, but online. But it, they have such incredible um, freshness and flavor. Like, I know from them, it hasn't been sitting on a store shelf for, you know, years. And you don't quite know, you know, how fresh they are. And, I mean, herbs last a long time. They don't go bad, but they can lose their flavor. So there's also a, um, like a green goddess blend that I really like. And you know, a lot of people have that kind of a blend where it's lots of herbs and stuff, but it's meant to be made into like a salad dressing or a dip. Just that on fresh vegetables. Like if you're making, um, grilling some zucchini, like those kinds of blends. And if you can go into a store where you can open them and smell them, that's always better because then at least, you know, does, does that smell uh, good to you, you know, like you might open up a blend of spices and it's, if it doesn't smell good to you, then like, okay, then maybe that's not what, what you want right now. But if you can get in there and smell different things or heck even, even make your own blend. I mean, just having, you know, salt and pepper, you know, my go-tos are a little bit of garlic powder, a little bit of onion powder, and just a little paprika. Just those simple things can completely change um, the vegetables that you're cooking. And I'm going to keep saying vegetables because like, that's the one that we all tend to have trouble making sure we have enough of and how, Oh, it's broccoli again. Oh, you know, and, and it's, it's again. In your cupboard, do you have a, like, 
a whole bunch of these blends already pre-done that you've already that you've made or you've purchased that are just there that you now you use is that kind of how you do it? I do and that used to not be how I would cook because I'm used to having so many spi- I I probably have more than the average amount of spices in my cabinet um like I don't buy pumpkin pie spice I buy all the individuals but I'm getting a little bit more creative and and more willing to try out like these pre-made blends because they're just so easy. It's easy and perfect. And again, like a little bit of that in your stir fry changes it. And again, like if you go to a different, you know, if you love the Mexican flavors, if you love taco flavors, sprinkling that over a stir fry completely changes it for one night than the Indian blend or an Italian blend. Like if you go into the thyme and parsley and basil, like that can create variety throughout the week is playing around with those. You know, I have a lot of I have kids and I'm trying to cater to them also and their taste buds and what they like and trying, you know, it's really hard to just be total healthy all the time, but I try to make everything I can the most healthy that I can. Most of our meals are she makes from scratch. And she, she I makes. make, yeah, I make from scratch. And so like, for instance, the other night I made some chicken noodle soup. That I took the the carcass, I put it in the pressure cooker and cooked it enough so that we could get some of the bone broth from it and, you know, get the chicken off and things like that. Well, anyways, when you then make the soup, they kind of like it to be a little bit more creamier, right? So then it's, you add this coconut cream into it to give it just a little bit of cream. And then the spice that I have to give it the most richness that I that we could make it better to, to, so they like it better. And it seems a little weird, but oregano. Adding a little bit of that oregano to it then gives it a really deep flavor and it kind of overshadows some of the help, the really healthy stuff that I want to have in there to make it taste better. And so it's like those spices, those just those little things that we have in our cupboards. If we just add a little bit of those spices, it totally, like you just said, can transform any type of food that you have. I've had a client that I've cooked for for many years, and he can have no spices. Herbs, yes, but no spices. He pretty much... What what is the um, definitely it? some some ulcerative issues in his digestion and and he basically describes himself as all the spices that you're allowed to have in a lifetime I've already had them you know like I ate them all you know and so his his digestion and his gut are just hurting you know like if you ever feel that indigestion when you have a rich spaghetti sauce or chili or things like that like he gets that to like the tenth degree. So his food needs to be not bland, but no spices. So imagine Mexican food with no cumin and no paprika and things like that and no chili powder and also no salt for right now because he's going through a really major healing phase. Like he's got to pull back everything. And so what I learned with him was the power of herbs So it's very much like what you're saying, like salt and pepper is one thing. Like, you know, yes, we all need a little salt, you know, on our food and it makes it just come alive. But the power of herbs and spices and for him, you know, I can't use spices, but herbs. I just realized like there is an amount of, you know, basil or oregano that all of a sudden the food comes alive. 
in ways that you never would expect. Like you'd imagine like, oh, no salt. What are you, are you, you know, how can I even like that? That's going to be so terrible or bland. But the herbs have such a way of bringing it all alive that, you know, I wish we all could have fresh parsley and um, oregano and, you know, basil in our backyards. Um, Certainly not in the winter here, but like it just changes everything. But that's, that is an art that we don't do, you know, like maybe our grandparents did. One of the things that Liz, that Liz does is when like if we have like uh, either parsley or cilantro or stuff, and they're, they're on a huge sale or something, she'll buy tons of it and then she'll freeze it. Do you do you use freezed herbs? Have you ever tried using those? I don't. I tend to just always buy it fresh um, when I can. Uh, and she'll pull out the cilantro in the in the little bag that's frozen and put that in the soup. You know, kind of. Oh thing. yeah, that's great. Yeah, especially if you're going to put it into something where you're rehydrating it again, like a soup or a stew. That's great. You could chop it up. Another way to do that is with like an ice cube tray. Chop up fresh herbs, put it in with a little olive oil, and then freeze that. So you're you're protecting it with some fat and some liquid around that fresh herb, and you can save it. We actually do the ice tray thing with all of our. Well, this year we didn't have that big of a fruit year, but because of the peaches, but we do that with the fruit. So we freeze yeah. it in ice trays and then break, then put it in Ziploc bags for our, for during the winter for you know smoothies mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, that's yeah. a great idea to do with your like your avocados, and also when you do the 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 hatch chili roasts and you get all these chilies, mm-hmm. then you can use them throughout the rest of the year. And so that's such a good um, way to be able to preserve some of these things that are seasonal that you can use throughout the rest of the year. So, Andrea, how is it then um, people can get a hold of you and you know your services and be able to find out more about you. I think Do I you saw... have a cookbook too, don't you? Don't you have a cookbook? I have a couple cookbooks. Um, they are ebooks right now, so they're not in print, but they're downloadable. So my website, yeah, so everything's on my website theholistichef.com and uh I do personal chef services, but um I also do more uh, consulting with people. Like if, if some of what we're talking about, of like you have a curiosity about like there maybe there's foods that don't work for you anymore. Like I do consultations where like we go through your pantry and we try and figure out the healthier versions of things. You know, if they're not as far on their journey as you are, like you've already got a sense of what to swap out, you know, in your cooking and you enjoy cooking, you know, not everyone is that seasoned with it or comfortable yet. And so I do a lot of consulting with people like I'll come into your kitchen and we'll kind of take the kitchen apart and look at through like, what are the snacks the kids are eating? How do we find a healthier version? And what are all those little tiny swaps that you can have in your pantry so that when you go to cook, it's already there. Or even if you want to play around with food to figure out which food it is that maybe like isn't working for you anymore. I do a lot of that work as well. So yeah, everything's on my website. Good. And are you on Facebook, Instagram? What's your handles? Yeah, I I am definitely active on Instagram. And so my um, name there is Holistic Chefs with an S. And uh, definitely I'm there every day. I'm sharing a lot of my recipes are there. Um, I share them either, uh, they're on, uh, you know, links to my blog. Like I'm always putting up healthy 
recipes up there and how to swap something. Like if you're not doing breadcrumbs, I just put up um, salmon cakes, how to do salmon cakes without bread. Um, And it's really, really, it's an easy swap with a few things like potato flakes. Uh, Or you can find all my other stuff there too. Good. Well, thank you, Andrea. We appreciate you being on today. I know one of the biggest things that us moms have to figure out is how to feed our kids and Mm -hmm. how to do it in a healthy way that they will be excited to eat. And so I think with you sharing just some of these options and also making people feel like that there is hope can bring a lot of peace to um, a mom who is really striving to, Mm -hmm. to do the things she needs to do to make her family healthy. So thank you for providing these resources. Everybody go to her website, download. You have, you said you have two eBooks, right? Yep. They can get on there and get that and start learning. And if you want to have her services, please reach out to her. Well, and, and it's, it's really easy to eat healthy for a day or two, right? But for a week and a life and a two weeks and a month, I always tell people the thing that breaks everyone's diets is time because they did really good for two days. But that one day they had to hurry off to work and they didn't have enough time. And so it's like, okay, I'll just grab the muffin, you know, or whatever. Grab what's easy. Absolutely. That's what kills people's diets. You know, if you want to call it a diet or healthy choices or whatever you want to say. So if you're prepared and you know how to do stuff and you, and maybe you do like even what you do, right? You prepare people's food. They can do the same thing, you know, for themselves so that they have those things available throughout the week to make it easier. Know that they're healthy, but learning how to make those those things good and tasty for everyone in the family is is truly a gift for people and and so we appreciate you sharing that with everybody yeah thank you i mean i even ordered uh, a meal delivery this week to make my life easier because i knew it was a busy week i met her at the gluten-free expo and her food's amazing and it's low sugar it's all those things yeah and to your point like it's is that that the one were they the one from heber yes mountain meals Yes, yes. I have her food in my fridge right now. So, right. So even I, right? Like I do this professionally. I, you know, I, I know my way around the kitchen, but I'm taking that easy button this week so that I eat well. And I don't like what you're saying. It's like, it's not just one or two days, it's every day. And it's making it work for you so that the healthy foods are around you so that when you are tired or short on time or the kids are upset or whatever it is that you're still eating, eating in a good way so that you feel good so that you can keep going out and loving your family and doing the job that, you know, you're meant to do, like all of that, and that your family gets to eat together. Everybody gets to eat together in harmony. Well, well thanks so much. We, we do appreciate you. You're going to be at our conference again this next year, and I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to have you do another food demo because they were such a hit last year. So <laughs> Those were We're past. planning on that, yeah. Those so, classes but Thanks were so past. much. Thanks so much for everything. <laughs> all right. We'll see you later, Andrea. Thanks. For- okay. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. The more knowledge you have, the more you will be empowered to make the changes in your life, and because of this, your life will be elevated. Your health journey is between you and your doctor. This podcast is not meant to diagnose or treat any conditions. However, if your current healthcare provider is not meeting your healthcare goals, it is time to take control of your health. If you know anyone who can benefit from our podcast, please like, leave a review, and don't forget to share it with your family and friends. Together, let's take back our health.